Brittany Griner was uh, cheered on. Uh, she's a polarizing figure uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, her stance on not being real uh, pro-America, which I'm not a fan of. And then her stance on, well, taking ganja to Russia, which is frowned upon, and getting arrested and thrown in a Russian prison, which is terrible and violates all kinds of um, human rights uh, agreements that we should have in place. But still, and uh, the, part of the reason she was there is because she was a celebrity. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different hot button topics on this. But what did you think about her being at Tennessee and uh, got a got a great round, a standing round of ova of ovation before she headed into the game? What'd you think? Yeah, this was, for those who don't, this wasn't Tennessee against Florida A&M. This was the Lady Vols playing the U.S. national team on Sunday. Um, and Brittany Griner, what, this is kind of the proof to me that, like, I don't think people, I don't even think Tennessee fans understand the culture of Lady Vols basketball. How many times, Dave, have we talked about, you probably know this, the Lady Vols fan base is unique from every other fan base at Tennessee and in, in, in all the sports, right? It is a specific group that is not always affiliated with the university even. These are people that love their Lady Vol fans, but they are fans of women's basketball from the sport. They have a soft spot for Title IX, and they root for the Lady Vols because they were the first to embrace Title IX in the 70s. And Brittany Griner, by the way, cost the Lady Vols a national championship because in 2011, I believe, when Kim Mulkey was at Baylor, Tennessee had a national title team, Pat Summit's last credible national title contender and Tennessee lost to Baylor in the elite eight, I believe. And, but I think there is an appreciation for Brittany Griner. There's not a lot of guys, for those who don't know, if you go to lady Vols basketball games, they still cheer the starting lineup for the other team. I mean, they, they stand up in a, you know, in the, it's not the whole sucks, sucks or whatever, you know, like booing players when they have the ball. No, they don't do that with the lady Vols. They cheer the other team's starting lineup with, when you go to Lady Vols games, what you see, it's not of, and I'm not so sure this is good for them, by the way. I'm not so sure this is good for the Lady Vols. They treat it as more of a love and appreciation for women's basketball and women's basketball players as a whole, not necessarily rooting for one team. Um. Yeah, no, I think, I think all that's true. And I think they wanted the sport to be big. I think Pat Summit was about that. I think their last four times playing UConn, she probably didn't really want to, but she did because she knew it was big for the, for the sport. With the the Brittany Griner thing, <clears throat> it took, what, nine months in a Russian prison, but she she has changed her tune. Um, you know, she stood for the national anthem this year for the first time in a, a couple of years after 10 months of imprisonment in Russia. And she said that she does look at the at the country a little bit different. So that's kind of a, my bad E on me. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, good luck to her. I'm, I'm glad she's not in a Russian prison any longer. And, um, you know, I think she admitted some things that, um, you know, she took for granted as an American citizen. So you, you say that. And, I'm and also I am too. And for people that here's one of the things that upset me. If you want to say Brittany Griner was not worth whatever, trade to get or she should stay in the russian prison because she broke the law in russia fine but dave i think i can get you on my side on this if you think if you're one of those people who thought she should stay in prison because you didn't like her comments on america beforehand well i'm sorry that's not 
America. You should want, you shouldn't think someone should be punished in a foreign prison because they say something you disagree with. Even I, know, I think that's the exact opposite of being American. You yeah, should shift the them most... off to Siberia and let them deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole nature of the First Amendment is, is our government should sit there and say, well, how they feel about America or anything is irrelevant. Okay, now, so that's where I come with that. It's, yeah, you shouldn't sit there and say, well, I don't like her not standing for the national anthem, so I'm totally fine with her being in a Russian prison for nine months to a year. Well, I definitely didn't, I definitely didn't go that far. Um, so, but let me ask you this. So you're, you're at a Brittany Griner game, like uh, Tennessee fans were here recently, and you're, you're, you're seeing her be introduced and you're like, oh, should I, um, should I cheer for this person? Should I sit on my hands for this person? Be sure and hit that like and subscribe button. What should I do for this person who has said the uh, the United States of America is not great, but she's also suffered this incredible, uh, disastrous um, sentence in, in a Siberian prison? Are you cheering? Are you not? Are you sitting on your hands? Are you protesting? What What, what are you doing? I mean, if I'm a Lady Vols fan, I'm not cheering because I think the Lady Vols yeah, me neither. cheering. Yeah, because I'm I I, I think and I'm I'm honest on this. I think the whole sportsmanship culture of the Lady Vols fan base who loves women's basketball is what's holding the Lady Vols back. And this is why, and and honestly, it it goes back to Pat Summit. Pat Summit was way too by the book for the changing age of sports. And if you wanted women's basketball to get to the next level, you gotta make it more competitive and chippy, don't you, Dave? You got like you need a few you need a few fights here and there, and you need a few really hated rivalries. And I think Pat Summit was still much of the look. The, I said it. Yeah, it's an unfair advantage that Gina Oriama using ESPN to recruit. But it's like okay, that's that's the nature of women's basketball or the nature of sports. You're going to use your advantages, and I think staying purist has really really hurt the Lady Vols, quite honestly. Very, I, I put it this way. They, the I think staying are... in house hurt you. I think to say that you're only going to limit yourself to a pool of players that played for Pat Summit or that were on the coaching staff, I think that's you just by numbers. You're taking your potential applicants from uh, limitless tens of thousands, um, a hundred of which would probably be uh, considered. Uh, a good hire for the job or maybe a little bit less than that and then you're you're just saying oh we got to hire somebody that played for pat that doesn't make any sense to me and that's what i think they have to get away with if they ever make a change with kelly harper here's the well also they have to start shelling out some money for better coaches but dave here's well not better but just shelling out more money here's one of the issues dave and this is a big issue they and this is dave hart's fault they dug a hole when they hired, not because they hired Holly Warlick, that was the right move. And lady, I, I have, I have the scars to prove people came at me for this, but I said that if Dave Hart pushed out Pat summit, he was right to push out Pat summit. I'm sorry, but you have to do that. Given her illness, you can't keep her coaching on the sidelines. Um, oh, she was, was struggling. Right she was struggling. I know yeah. people that actually covered that beat that they knew that something was wrong the year before they knew that she wasn't really even in charge of the team or final year coaching. Yeah. Um, so it was very sad. So it was right to hire Holly Warlick. She was the most qualified for the job at that moment. I understand why she was fired. She hadn't done what she needed to do, but here's where Tennessee dug themselves a hole. When they hired Holly Warlick, she was like the 10th or 11th highest paid coach in the SEC at the time. So if you now shell out money for a coach 
particularly a male coach, to come in. Many of the Lady Vol fan base culture will say, y'all are paying him this much when you didn't pay Holly Warlick this much when she was so much more qualified at the time to take the job. Whatever else you want to think. I mean, that that's that's going to be a albatross around the neck of the lady of the Lady Vols culture going forward because there will always be the question why didn't you give Holly Warlick this contract when she was far and away the most qualified person to ever take a job ever when she was hired as the as Pat Summit's successor in 2011 no I don't I don't have an argument with any of that but I would sit down and I would show that person the spreadsheet this person brings in X amount of money Rick Barnes through just uh, getting in the NCAA tournament and this person who we expect more of because it's not as competitive uh, on the women's side. This is how much money they bring in the house um, because they're basically doing the same thing and sweet 16. And it's going to be considerably more for the guys. So if you didn't like that spreadsheet com conversation, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I think well, no, I'm not talking about men. I mean, not you specifically, but I'm just talking about just in terms of a coach. If a coach has that argument, that would be. Yeah, but I wasn't talking about. Yeah, I would. That wouldn't be their argument. Their argument would be, what if Tennessee hires the most qualified women's basketball coach as a man, coming up, and they hire him, and they realize to get him, they have to shell out some money for him. I'm not talking about Rick Barnes making more money than the women's coach. I'm talking about a male coach of the women's team getting a better deal than Holly Warlick got when she was hired 12 years ago or whatever. Is that That's, something that somebody would really look at? That I mean, is an. One, that is an. One makes money, one doesn't. No, 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 no. I'm talking. We're not talking about men's versus women's basketball. I'm talking about a male coach of the women's basketball team. Okay. If Tennessee hire some of the most qualified coaches out there right now are men in women's basketball. The issue is Tennessee would might want to hire one of them, and if they did, and give that man coaching the women's team a better deal than they gave Holly Warlick twelve years ago to coach the women's team, that's going to be a really bad look. But the truth of the matter is, Dave. If Tennessee wants to stay elite and they can't and they have to move on from Kelly Harper, they're going to have to shell out more money than they gave Holly Warlick. So the original sin was not giving Holly Warlick the contract she deserved when she was hired in 2011 because everything's going to be compared to, well, this person wasn't as qualified as Holly Warlick. Why aren't you giving why are you giving them so much more money? Yep. And uh, well, I, I got Mr. Jones has it all figured out. Hire Candace Parker to coach the men's team. There we go. 